What's up? What's up? Uh, welcome to the podcast. This uh, this is the Choice is Yours podcast. Uh, you got myself, Tyrell Hayden, uh, and then you got Anderson Jones, which is What's my co-host. Good? Uh, today we got an interesting topic. Probably uh, probably a topic a lot of people don't talk about, or especially with their friends or with their family. But it's, it's something that's really uh, relevant today, and it's something that you probably see uh, when you turn on the TV or whenever the Fed meets or they make decisions or anything. So topic, uh, the subject of this podcast episode is called, What Does the Fed Want? Um, and then we'll go kind of, do we'll do a brief history of the Fed, how it was created, and then we'll kind of put up our, our opinions on kind of what led us to this point and you know what does the Fed want from here until probably the next presidential election, which is in 2024. Um, AJ is going to take over. He's going to give us a brief uh, history of the Fed and kind of lead us to where we are now and what do we think uh, the Fed wants. Right. Pretty much just to pick up where Tyrell left off a brief history of the term, the Fed. So a lot of times we hear that in the news, we may hear like coworkers talking about it, but the term, the Fed gets thrown around a lot. And we think about the Fed being something that really just controls like our economy, um, the money that we spend, pretty much rates, different things like that. But most people don't know, like the Fed was actually started in 1913. Um, and that was brought in by President Woodrow Wilson when he signed the Federal Reserve Act. Um, I did a little digging and I, I had been reading a book called um, The Creature of Jekyll Island, which pretty much just break down how the Federal Reserve System got started in general, like where it came from, where the idea came from. But before we get into any of that, and I may not even dig into that one, but just so you know, the reason why the, the Federal Reserve Act came into law was pretty much um, uh, there was a lot of financial panic and pretty much bank runs. And what bank runs are is when, um, let's say, a lot of depositors hear some information about the bank that they may have their money in. So what they do out of panic, they just automatically run to the bank and try to get all their money out. Like this past February, we saw, I think it was two banks um, that failed and were pretty much um, purchased. All their assets were purchased by a larger bank. But what happened was they there was some panic. Like anything happens, um, anytime any panic happens, people go and do the, the thing that they know best is let me go secure my money. And that's what caused the bank to fall. So anytime you have a bank run, that's pretty much when people are scared and going to pick, get their money out of the bank. Well, that was the reason why they started the uh, Federal Reserve, because there had been so many bank runs prior to 1913 that they needed to have some type of way of stabilizing the money. Um, any type of currency that was being traded for like silver or gold at the time, um, they needed a way to actually like stabilize that. That could be bounded by the country could actually use for everything. Anytime anybody went anywhere, they could use the same note to actually trade for whatever goods or services they need. Right. So fast forward. Since then, we've had a total, if I'm not mistaken, 16 Fed chairs and each Fed chair makes decisions based on. Um, for the economy, well, based makes decisions for the United States economy um, and kind of how the money works, how interest rates are going to go. So this person has the most influence on our economy at any given time. And right now we're sitting with someone that, to be honest with you, doesn't have any um, 
background from a, for just for anything about the economy, he's a private banker. And that's Jerome Powell. So with that being said, a lot of the moves that he's making is coming from the mindset of a banker and not the mindset of um, an economist, which is pretty different. It's a different mindset. Um, we think about these things anytime like somebody runs for president. Do we want a, a, a political figure or do we want a CEO or do we want a, you know, a businessman? So a lot of times when we're making these decisions, like especially with the Fed chair, that was actually appointed by the president. So the president actually appoints the Fed chair. So last time uh, President Trump um, appointed him in tw 2018, and then his second term was appointed by Joe Biden. So now um, he's in his second term and he's still making decisions as far as um, for the U.S. economy. Now, when I say that he has like the most influence, literally, he could either um, start a recession or he could just, you know, for the most part, let people know like, hey, the economy's doing great. Uh, we just need to do these few things to stabilize the market. Employment's great. He's the person that's pretty much the, the one executive that's going to be forefront and that's going to pretty much tell you where the economy is for the country at the time. Because we've had, we've seen uh, multiple increases within the last three years after COVID, um, we're still seeing increases. And I'm sure Tyrell's going to touch on a little bit about the most recent increase and where we are and pretty much how it's going to affect us. And when I say us, not only like Tyrell and myself, but just the American citizen um, and some people abroad. So um, for the most part, I think that was the gist of where we want to start um, with the Fed, because I know that term is used a lot. And a lot of people really don't know what the Fed means, but it's actually the Federal Reserve, um, which is made of 12, cents, 12 banks in the United States, like Federal Reserve banks. Um, and I won't go into that and, and give you background on each bank, but um, there are 12 different banks that actually make up the Federal Reserve Bank. Uh, but Tyra, I know you want to touch a little bit about what's going on currently, but I just want to get the people caught up to where, you know, they have a little bit of information of um, where it started, who started it, um, how it got here and where we are now. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. that was a great kind of explanation, a brief history on what the Federal Reserve is. I know. I've watched a couple uh, YouTube videos. There's some great YouTube videos that are four to nine minutes long. If you just type in Federal Reserve Explain, like they have like it, it's it's a video with words and cartoons and kind of some nice editing on there. So someone who has no idea what the Federal Reserve is, what they do, they, they, they can watch a video and be like, OK, I have somewhat of an idea. And the Federal Reserve, just going back, they've been meeting for years. It's just been mm -hmm. really relevant part of the last three years because now we went yep. to COVID where they just cut and slash rates like crazy because they needed to make money cheap. But before I go any further, um, I'm just going to just jump on top of AJ's um, history explanation of the Federal Reserve. But here's just my notes. And I was trying to be as brief as possible and trying to do it probably with 10 words or less. And then I could say, who is the Federal Reserve? The Federal Reserve to me is the banks for the banks. Um, the chair, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned uh, Jerome Powell. What does the Federal Reserve do? They control the money supply. They can, they control, you know, how much money the, the banks uh, can borrow, how much they're lending to the banks, how much, how much reserves that the banks should have, how many reserves the banks shouldn't have. Um, yep. And then the Fed's decisions is it, it basically at the end, it, it affects how banks lend to each other and how they lend to consumers. Basically, me and you, you know, when we need a loan, it's dependent on what the Federal Reserve told your bank. Hey, 
we need you to have this much in reserve. Well, hey, you know, this is our rate. So now when you pay our rate, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to lend at a higher rate than our rate so that you can make money too. So at, you can make money. Bank, right. And basically a lot of people like the bank has a lot of stuff going on with it and it can be really complex and it, it can be a really deep dive. And there's a lot of just financial analysts that, you know, are confused every day and they study <laughs> it every day. So yep. but the two main objectives are really what the Federal Reserve wants to accomplish is maximum employment, which is uh, like around 5%. There's a lot of people that said maximum employment is 5%. So they just want to, you know, a good tight line of available jobs and and the number of people looking for those jobs. You don't want to mm-hmm. have too many jobs and not enough people looking for jobs, which is kind of situ- situation that we are now. Um, but if you go back to the 08, 09 crisis, you had not that many jobs, but you had a lot of people that were needing and wanting a job. Um, and um, the other um, objective is inflation. Uh, that's been a big topic right now. Uh, the Fed's target is 2%. They just had a meeting. They said their, their target is still 2%. Uh, a lot of people think they need to raise the target, but they're, they're, keeping, they're saying that their target is still 2%. So right now we're in a 3%. So everybody's happy, excited, but at the same time, there's there's a there's a lot going on. Um, so I just want to just try to be brief on my explanation and on top of you know the history of the Federal Reserve that AJ got. But um, and as we le- go forward, you know the topic of the um, podcast episode is what does the re- re- Federal Reserve want? This is what my opinion is: um, is that, that the Federal Reserve feels like there's still too many people employed, spending too much money. And the prices are still steadily inflating. Um, and that kind of goes against our two main objectives is um, maximum employment. So unemployment right now is like 3.4%. And inflation is higher than their target, um, which is at 3%. So they have to find a way to get the current inflation down to 2%. And basically, they have to find a way uh, to get the uh, unemployment to 5%. And that would be their kind of target of maximum unemployment. And what they have to make decisions to do that. So what they do is they basically are taking money away from the banks to lend to. And then when banks don't have that much money to lend to, then they can't lend to your local businesses or corporations to expand. And when your local businesses and corporations can't expand, then they have to start cutting costs. And a lot of times, a lot of that and that cutting cost is uh, research, but you know the biggest way and the fastest way businesses cut costs is what let go people, and when yep. you let go people, that increases unemployment. So they are doing that by um, their monetary policy, which is controlling the money supply, is and it really involves rates, but really it's about you know how much money are they letting the banks lend to businesses to expand or kind of to track. So I think they want. Unemployment to in the fives. I think when we start seeing unemployment in the fives, then I think they're going to lower their fund rate, which they'll start cutting. Uh, and then when you see their, them lower their fund rate, then you know the the rates that the banks are charging you on the things that you're asking loans for. Which a lot of times it's a home, it's a car, or it's a business loan, or a lot yeah. of times it is a personal loan. So you know, just to be kind of what's going on, people right now feel like. The rates that they're getting for the banks is too high, and the reason <laughs> they feel that way is we've probably been on the biggest economic expansion probably in United States history. So, and that happened because a lot of people feel that the Fed kept rates 
too low for too long. For so too right long. After, right after the crash, the Fed basically almost kept you know interest rate at near zero. That's how a lot of people see it as. They basically almost kept rates near zero all the way up to, I think, 2018, 2019. They start raising it, and then, boom, we had COVID, and then they had to start slashing again. Yeah. And then and when the Fed is keeping their rates around zero, then a lot of people call that cheap money. Uh, so right yep. now, people are saying we have expensive money. I'll kind of go in on the uh, kind of the real estate side, business side, kind of what's that mean, what, what that means at the end. But I know, uh, AJ, I want you to chime in on kind of what's that mean for the mortgage industry on what the the, the, the Fed is doing on, um, you know, what they've done probably the last two years, year and a half on raising rates significantly. And also just kind of the the economic impact that's happening in the mortgage industry right now because there's a lot of people that had jobs you know in the mortgage industry you know two years ago that that are not working in the mortgage industry right now mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of banks that have been buying each other out consolidating and then i know uh, a mortgage lender um that's part of a, a bigger bank fifth third um she used to kind of be over her loans as a mortgage originator you know mortgage loans for her bank now is at a point where she's the mortgage originator for all the fifth third banks in Lexington, just because they've lost so many people because of transactions were so low. Yeah, as red rates. So you have no, you have low transactions because of higher rates. Then that means people are like, well, I, I can't afford to work here or the bank, so I can't afford to, to have you here. So I don't know if you want to go in how the what the Fed last few years how it affects the mortgage industry. When I originally got into the mortgage industry back in 2019, a lot of people were saying the rates were high, which <laughs> I thought was pretty funny because they were still lower than what like maybe a year or two prior, um, and they were in the fours back in 2019. Um, and the biggest thing I know I noticed about people and buying habits, right? So it's always about what somebody else is saying. Anytime somebody would call me about like when I was doing mortgages about, you know, doing a refinance or doing a um, a purchase, it was like, well, I heard the rate. I heard the rates are going to do this. I heard the rates are going to do this. Well, somebody told me that. Well, you know, it's always he say, she say. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing I always tell people before they do a loan, whether it's a personal loan, refinance, purchase or anything, what are you wanting to accomplish? Right. That should be the question that everybody should ask themselves when they're talking about loans and what banks are doing because mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't even apply to you if you don't have maybe debt that you need to pay off or you're trying to purchase a home and especially if you're trying to purchase a home and you don't have other things squared away first then we probably need to restart when it comes to mortgages people are always going to buy houses i think it's the fear that keeps people from selling houses which mm-hmm. also in in turn causes a cycle of like panic so like, oh, dang, the rates are too high for me to sell my house. Well, what were you originally selling your house for in the first place? Right. I remember when me and you were talking about uh, when Sheena and I were going to sell our house, you you asked us the question, like, so do you really need to sell your house? And it's like, no, not really. We want to. OK, boom. So now my mindset changes. Like, OK, I don't, I don't even need to sell the house. We can do other things. So. So. Right. So like as long as you're in the right place um, to do a loan, I think that's when it really matters. But like. For people who are not really into mortgages, and maybe you're buying a car or something, the rate's going to be high. And the reason why the rates is going to be high is because those cars that are sitting on those lots, well, those those lots and those dealerships are actually paying like interest rates on the cars, too. As long as they sit on that lot, they're paying a higher interest on the car. So 
that's why they're charging you more interest too. Uh, so you got to think about it like this. Anytime like the Fed or anybody that has any type of influence on the American economy makes a comment about how spending is going or um, if people are actually being hired and um, employment and different stuff like that, it causes people to go into a panic because they don't really understand how it works. It's complex for a reason. Um, and it's not meant for everybody to understand how it works. It's only meant for a certain few that can sit down and pay attention long enough to see how the numbers add up. And a lot of times it really just depends on what you need to get accomplished at the end of the day. So like if you are buying a house, do you need that? Do you really need to purchase a house right now? If you are buying a car, do you really need to purchase a car right now? Or is it a want? Um, if it's a want, then this stuff really doesn't apply to you unless it's something that you need to get done. But when it comes to mortgages, I just feel like people allow the news and media to scare them so much that, you know, they may be actually able to to get that loan. Um, and if they are able to get the loan, what are you doing with the money? Like, are you are you invested in it? Are you doing what you say? So I think a lot of times the panic is for nothing. And and I may be a little loose because I understand how that how it works. I understand mm -hmm. how the system works. So that yeah. that made me me being just a little biased. But unless you really need money right now or unless you really need a car or a house, I think the what the Fed is doing really doesn't apply to you. Now, when it comes to consumer spending on like groceries and household goods and stuff like that. Yeah, you're going to see an increase, maybe a dollar here, maybe two dollars here. But we're not seeing like crazy increases unless it's like building materials. And that's because of shipping and different stuff like that. So like sure. and, you know, that's I, and yeah, think about it. Corporations control their prices at the end of the day. Right. So unless like we're looking at corporations that are just going out of business because they're not making the sales, places like that, that are probably, you know, that that's all like the the bad side of the deal. But when it comes to like actual consumer spending, you're not going to stop buying eggs, right? Like people aren't going to stop buying groceries just For because sure. they went up like two or three bucks. You're not going to stop driving your car because gas went up. So I think, you know, when it comes to people hearing the term, the fed and rates, don't think too much into it unless you're about to purchase a car, purchase a house, or get a personal loan, like you mentioned before, because it it doesn't really apply to you. Um, and you're still going to buy those eggs. You're still going to buy that gas and you still going to go get your nails done or your hair done. Or you still going to go buy those tires for that truck that you love. You still going to do the same stuff. You may tighten up. But for the most part, as long as you're employed, I don't think you're really going to like feel it. Um, and typically when the chair, when the Fed makes any type of move with rates, we really don't see a, um, a, uh, an effect until maybe a year or so, six months to a year afterwards, especially once you, once they slow down and like stop increasing rates, you, everything is pretty much stable for a minute. And then once they increase again, you probably won't, like I said, you won't see a result until like six months to a year from now. So I yeah. think it's just panic just to see what people are going to do. Um, and I think the average consumer who's not looking to purchase a home or a, a house, I mean, a, um, a home or a car or anything like that, just got to sit still. If you want to learn more about it, you know, I would encourage everybody to do a little reading on, you know, the Federal Reserve System, um, the different the 12 different banks that that's under the Federal Reserve. Just do some research on it. But as far as like being in a panic. I really wouldn't be in a panic about it unless I was about to do those three things. And that's like I said, purchase a house, purchase a car or needing some money to start a business. Other than that, like 
just keep doing what you're doing. Keep a job. But as far as like the race and what the Fed says, don't let it scare you from living. Yeah, for sure. I think we're going to um, kind of get close to uh, closing this out. Um, everything from the to the beginning of this podcast episode to now is, you know, you got to be able to adjust because that's yep. what that's what the Federal Reserve is doing. They're adjusting on what they want to, they're adjusting based on what they want to accomplish. So these are their goals. Uh, these two things that we just talked about, which was, you know, maximum employment and inflation. And you know they have a lot of control and a lot of decisions they can make to get to their goals. So basically you have to know what are your goals and, and what adjustments are you willing to make? Like AJ just mentioned about people are going to have to buy stuff at grocery stores. You, you, you know, he said, you got to buy eggs. Okay. You, you might not buy a carton of eggs. You might buy it. Now they make half cartons. You might have to buy the yeah. half carton. So um, that's just one example. You know, say you approve for, say during, you know, COVID 2021, you were approved for a $300,000 home, but you couldn't find a home. You rent it for another. You rent it. You decided to rent for a year, take a break from looking for a home to purchase. Now you try to get pre-approved or try to get um, financing for a loan. And now they're saying, hey, you know, you're approved for 225000 Okay. Mm-hmm. So now you were looking at three bedrooms, two baths. You know, fifteen hundred square feet. Now you got to be. Now you be got to be willing to adjust um, and go to a three bedroom, two uh, two bath at twelve hundred square feet. Because right. you know what, your end goal was to be to buy to purchase a home. Yeah. So focus on your end goal, right? You, you okay? Yeah, you missed out on three hundred square feet, but you know what, you still purchased the home. You still accomplish your goal, right? And then after you do that, you just set the next goal. You just, then you set to go, okay, I'm going to live here for so long. And then my next goal was to buy this this type of house, right? Yep. Um, so you just do that. You got to be willing to adjust. You got to know what's going on around you. Just like AJ was like, no matter what, people still have to do what they have to do. So right yep. now, homes are not going to stop selling, right? If nope. right, right now, people, the homes that are selling right now, I think, are people who have a life change, who have yep. a job change, or, you know, have have got some inheritance or getting help from, you know, older generations, right? Mm-hmm. Or those are the people that are transacting right now. Anybody that's window shopping or like, I would like to, or it would be nice, or maybe let's just change the neighborhood. Uh, th- those people are not, you know, transacting right now for, you know, for obvious reasons, right? You know, you, you know, your payment can go up to 20, 30 percent from what it is now. You know, why make that decision on, you know, a, you know, a feeling or you know, a wish? I like to a wish we were right. They're like, well, right. That, that wish or like to is not worth, you know, twelve hundred dollars a month. Right. So like, hey, no, we're going to paint this room. We're going to put some new knobs on these cabinets. Uh, honey, I'll get you a new refrigerator. Uh, baby, I'll get you a new grill. <laughs> uh, you ain't gonna have that, you know, that outdoor island grill. We're gonna get you this. Um, we're gonna get you this grill from Lowe's, and we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna grill on tight. that. We're gonna grill on that. We're gonna hang tight, uh, and then we're gonna think about, you know, when we're gonna be able to get that that um, I guess um, island grill um, in that nice fancy house. But uh, basically, we just wanted to be brief on the Federal Reserve. We thought this is a great opportunity, kind of introduce the Federal Reserve to some people. You yep. don't even know who they are. They've heard about it on the news or when they're watching TV. A lot of times you see it on the gym on the when you see all the different stations on the TV mm-hmm. at the gym. Um, and also they've probably you know you have people that's probably tried to been trying to buy a car, been trying to buy a house, or or get a business loan or get a personal loan. 
and they might have done it within a two-year span and just noticed the rate difference mm-hmm. that the lender has quoted you or, or giving you. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity to really do your research on the Federal Reserve and to see how you can apply it, see how you can make adjustments to yourself, come out on the other end and, you know, be successful. It's not enough of this, you know, try to be positive, try to, you know, try to be the light of everything, try to be the light of, of you know, a lot of darkness that people are kind of putting out. But um, right. that's how I'm, I'm going to finish it. I know, AJ, I know you want to have some close remarks and then. Yeah, uh, just to pretty much piggyback off what you said. And I do want to be very clear about this. So like, the Federal Reserve is a system. Um, it's a banking system. And it, like I said, it's made up of 12 regional banks. Those banks have shareholders as well. Right. Um, and with that being said, those shareholders and those banks are well, those banks are going to do what's in the best interest of the shareholders. So keep that in mind. It's not a corporation. They're not businesses, but they are smaller banks that are ran by banks. So. When you look at it like that, there's always some type of opportunity that's being looked for. If you are in a place to find the opportunity, you know, just keep an ear out, do some research. But if it's not a time for, for you to purchase a home, or once again, to purchase a car or open a business or anything, I would just sit tight. I wouldn't let the trigger words scare you, like interest rates, the feds, inflation. If you can, if you've been making it this far, um, I think you're you're going to be OK. Just just ride the way. But other than that, this is the perfect, like Tyrell says, perfect opportunity to do some research um, on this stuff. We haven't hit a place where we need to be panicking, to be honest. Um, if you're at a point to where you can't afford certain bills or maybe just your your monthly household goods, then maybe you are in a place where you're trying to figure out what's the best road to take. But um, if you're just will is like just out there just spending or um, just wanting and not necessarily needing, I think, you know, complaining about it it's not gonna help the situation so um just look at what you're looking to accomplish and um at the end of the day the choice is yours so do the research if it makes sense for you to make any moves right now but other than that that's it i'm out all right see y'all later